1: Morning, Chris. Morning, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Where are you, Chris? You're on. Sunday. It looks Where like the a party? ship.
2: Yeah, it's just this uh, tastefully decorated villa in Greece. I'm on a, a family holiday at the moment in Zakynthos and been doing a bit of bike riding. Um, yeah, having a nice time. We're home in a couple of days, so making the most of it.
1: I thought you'd emigrated to Greece. You seem to have been there so long.
2: Yeah, it's been great. I love it. Love it here. Doing loads of bike rides, taking folk out, doing uh, stuff with this. There's a place called the Pelagoni Club. I've been working there so yeah back on up to, up to sky next week for a race against ross edgley who's uh an ultra marathon swimmer and he's he's going to be swimming across a loch in sky and i'm going to be cycling around it and it's the first person to get to the other side um and it's with talisker and they're doing some ocean conservation um raising awareness and raising funds for for that so um yeah that should be fun but you get plenty of miles in out here so hopefully I'll be ready for it you should win that, shouldn't you? I don't know. I'm trying well, to- well, in theory, you'd think a bike would be faster than a swimmer, wouldn't you? But uh, <laughs> I guess it all depends on how far he's going to swim and how far I've got to cycle. Yeah, it should be fun. And we get to have some whiskey afterwards. So,
1: Yes, yeah, worse things. Aha, we've got mm. a guest coming on. So I shall just admit, Josh, one second.
0: Hey. Yes, guys. How are you doing? Amazing. Amazing. Good to see you, Josh. Thanks for coming on. Oh my pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. I'm at my I'm at my mum's. I've, ah, I've looking up, good. Uh, got a young young lad and he's just screams the house down when I try <laughs> and do things. So I've, I've, how how are you guys? Really well. Have you met Matt before? Have you spoken to Matt? No. No, just no. an email. How are you, Matt? Yeah, good.
1: Yeah, thanks to Hannah who got you on. So um, you were at the Arctic Monkeys gig last night, I hear.
0: Yeah, it was it was wicked. You know they were so good you could definitely feel a lull when they were doing stuff off the new album, but it was it was wicked. It was really good. And where, where that's
1: up where your parents are, so you're in a different you're where your mum is, you're in a different location to where you'd normally be then?
0: No, no, I'm just at her house. It's about a ten minute walk away to be fair. So that was um they were at the Rico in Coventry last night, which is like twenty minutes from my house. So it's kind of uh no no one really comes, no one really comes to Coventry. Well, the, when they do, it's a big thing. I think we had, the last one was um, I think take that came that elephant tour. They had that big elephant. That was that's the last big one there. So yeah, it's great. Nice. Where, well. where are you guys? Are you, are you in are you in
2: I'm, in? I'm in Greece at the moment. Um, so oh, this mate, wow. beautifully decorated villa behind me. That's not my not my taste of
0: uh, decor, <laughs> but
2: yeah, I've been out family holiday this week, half term, having
0: a bit of sunshine, riding a bike, getting out and about. So yeah, it's been great. Oh, wicked! What's it like, Chris? When people see you on a bike, is it like are they expecting something from you? Well, yeah,
2: one of the two things really. Either they try and beat you, they want to try and race you up a hill, um, yeah. or they'll just ask you, you know, lots of questions about what's Bradley Wiggins like. Uh, what's the you know, Have you ever thought about the Tour de France? Uh, you know, what, why do you yeah. shave your
0: legs still? You know, things like that. Um, but uh, no, it's great. C- comedians get people launch into who they hate and who they can't stand. <laughs> I tell you, what, I can't stand. Well, just, just tell me, you, tell me who you do like maybe. That might be nicer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do they, do they ever give you jokes? they ever sort of say, hey, "Here is a joke. Use this
0: one." Yeah, sure. yeah. And they're either a racist or b <laughs> just awful jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they're never uh,
2: good. Okay. They're never a good joke. But listen, I have to admit, I'm a massive fan. Um, you know, Instagram is it's just it's one of the yeah, i use instagram i guess people use social media for different reasons for me i switch on instagram just to cheer myself up and to look for a bit of comedy a bit of light relief and yeah your your account is just absolutely brilliant it's just the, oh, the insights and and i'll just i love it. i mean i'm sure I, i'm sure a lot of the people listening will already be following you but if they're not i hope they uh they they Get on there now and have a little look. Well, not right now. Obviously, finish this podcast, please, um, people. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's great. And I love it. Yeah, just, yeah,
0: thanks so much, man. I, um, I'm the same as you. I, I, what I really enjoy is the, the reels. I'll just I'll cycle through, and I like it's like they've, they've captioned something, and then they'll take like an out of context clip. There's one of like yeah. Tyson Fury yeah. walking through with his belt and i think the, the <laughs> caption was like when well, you're in spanish lesson you haven't spoken spanish the whole hour and then say adios as you're leaving the class <laughs> amazing that's, there's a lot
2: of i think it seems to me i mean not being in the comedy scene but it seems from the outside seems to to be there's a, a lot of talent out there that's that's using this platform and it's finding a way to get get a following and. and can you, can you sort of establish a career starting in social media and then bring it into the real world and, and do shows and, and live stand-up?
0: Yeah, pe- people have done it. People have done it. It's, almost, it's a bit of a, a catch-22, really. So someone like Munya, you know, Munya Chihuahua, he, he kind of blew up online. And then his first, you know, as a stand-up, when I started stand-up nine years ago, you, you're going out and there's 10 people in the audience and the stakes are so low. But he's doing his first gigs in front of sold-out, packed rooms, mm. which is a blessing because people already like what you do. But it's you've got an experience in that. Mm. In in that, it's like playing badminton, and then you 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 know you get to play Wimbledon. It's it's a different it's a different skill, really. But it's um it's great, and people. Uh, what what I love to see on Instagram you can, is I think if you're doing anything, it should be because it makes you laugh, and it's because you've got an urge to do it. I think if you set out to, I'm going to build an audience online, it's just, it's never, it, it, you're always chasing it, you're better off being, oh, this is, you know, it doesn't matter how many views it gets, or, or I think this is a fun thing to do.
2: This yeah. would make
0: me laugh, and, and just just do it, yeah. Good, good way to
2: start. And We are chatting to, I think it was Joe Wilkinson was saying that he, he, he a lot of comedians talk to him about social media, and the they feel pressure or stress that they've got to, you know, I should be doing these reels, I should be doing TikTok, I should be doing these little 10, 20 second clips, and, And he's like, there's an expectation that all comedians should be doing it. And he said, but not all comedy will translate in that way. And, you know, I think a lot, he was saying a lot of comedians are are feeling that pressure and struggling because they they can't, they just, their stuff
0: doesn't translate in that way. Yeah, it's, um, it's some, and but also I think there's something a bit mysterious about not having a social media presence. Some of the best comedians, I don't think Peter Kay's on anything. I can't imagine Mickey Flanagan's on anything. Mm. But it's different because they're already up there. But it's yeah, it's um, I definitely. So I post something every Monday, and I like to get a few in the bank. Because if it gets to Sunday, and I haven't got anything. My my family Sunday is just ruined. I'm just I'm just stressed. <laughs> I'm like I need something. I need to just
2: yeah yeah. But you've got it's not just the comedy. You because you, you're you're well. We can lead into this now. You're a, an international sports person yourself, and, and you
0: post some of your your videos and your pictures from uh, from representing England in football. Yeah, so I play for England's partially sighted team. I played. I've, I played on Saturday. It's my 59th cap on Saturday. Wow! So it's um, it's a it's a real dream to do two things. Sometimes I feel like um, I feel like Forrest Gump sometimes at the things I get to do. It's, <laughs> and I think sports really helps me with comedy. Actually, the, the setbacks you get in sport and the thick skin you have to build up, and you could do it in sport, you could do everything right and still not get the result you want. And I think some comedians they'll be smashing it and if they don't get an instant success it can hurt whereas I think sport that can that happens every week that's every Saturday, that's oh, yeah. every week and I think being exposed to that has been really helpful for me actually. Has
2: it always been football you? Is that was that always your sport or did you when you were younger did you start out with with other other games so, other sports?
0: Yeah so football was always my first love really and I've um so I've not been able to see well since I, since I was a kid it got a bit worse as I got older um, but I didn't really know what it meant. If, that, if people just, I just people would say, "Oh, Josh is partially sighted," or I'd go to these things, and my mum would just tell the coach this, and they obviously they don't know what it meant. This is like early '90s, and I didn't know it, so I just did everything. I did, I did boxing, I did rugby, probably things I shouldn't really been doing, but I just, I didn't occur to me that I shouldn't be doing them. I just kind of did everything, and it never, I didn't really understand why I'd get to a certain point and then couldn't get any further. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I struggled when football went to the 11-side game. I was always dead good at the small-sided games. And then rugby, I played, I really got into rugby when I was, like, 15, 16. And that kind of suited me because it's quite, a, it's quite a formatted game. Your players are on your side. Their players are on their side. And if you play in the back row, you never have to catch a ball. You just, mm-hmm. everything's off the ground. So it really suited me. <laughs> Apart from we played a team who were, like, um... So it's it's funny, in football you, you, you get nervous playing a, a rough school. You'd be like, oh these would be good. I don't fancy this, but if you rugby, you get nervous against the posh schools. You're like, oh these are gonna <laughs> these are gonna run ring around us. And we played one team, that had a sponsor which was like a white egg on their shirt. And I, I couldn't tell who had the ball. <laughs> you know, like, it looked like everybody that's where you'd hold the ball. And I think in the first two minutes, I've tackled this this kid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just gone mad and it's completely just not even involved in the game. <laughs> and uh yeah, they should try to
2: rough him up, yeah, try to soak him up a little
0: bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I got really got into rugby about 15, 16, and then I kind of came back to football when I found Foot which is the small the official small sided version of the game. But yeah, I, 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 I rugby was a different culture. I really, really enjoyed it. Like the um the coaches would let us drink and stuff, like we played for this club. Really? yeah we've got like 15 sixteen and you'd in rugby you always have the other team back The kind of you get your shirt and tie on which which felt great and then as soon as you're the club the team had left the clubhouse the manager would be like oh you can have a you can have a beer now or 15 <laughs> and we, we loved it but you, you, it was everything was was respectful you'd kind of have a drink and you know rugbys it's a real nice kind of etiquette to it i re- really enjoyed it why did you stop the rugby was it because of
1: the site it became too hard, or because it just you, we went more down the football route after that.
0: Well, I went more down the football route, and also this happens a lot in football and rugby. I think at sixteen, you you, you transitioned from junior sport to adult sport, and I'd always kind of played back row or in the centre at rugby, and then suddenly like oh you, you're young, you go on the wing, but I was, I'm not quick. I was just mm-hmm. I was crap, so <laughs> kind of it just just kind of put me off really, and it's um. It's a full day. If you if you do rugby on a Saturday, you, you might play at two and then you have to stop at every pub on the way back and you you have to do something mental at each one. Like I don't think I've <laughs> I don't think I've got this. I d I don't want to do press ups in the middle of a weather screen for no reason. It's <laughs> <much complicated. laughs>
2: yeah, it could have been a lot worse though, to be fair, you know. Some of the stories yeah. you hear from rugby. I had a friend that went oh, to, yeah. about uni and he he went to the first it was in Freshers Week, went to the, the first rugby social meeting. And he came back, and he was just pale on the face. And he's like, "I'm not, I'm not going back to that." You know, the, some of the challenges, some of the initiation. they said, "I just stayed focused during the drinking games, made sure I didn't make any mistakes, and sort of signed out at the end. Just sort of got out, unscathed." Yeah. He said, "But I'm not going back to that. I mean, that was yeah, mid '90s, and a sort of random." It's a, it's a different.
0: It's a, mm-hmm. they're wired up different rugby players. It's kind of like <laughs> they, they've got can we just go out why, why, why we got dressed up as <laughs> something mental can we just go and have a nice <laughs> but yeah it's uh it was great and then so and then I lo- I loved boxing as well I did boxing for a little bit and it's probably the, without realizing it's probably the first time i would met any travelers so I, I would have been like 12 13 and it was these um two lads that had Irish accents but they, they were younger and my dad was like oh they're travelers and I didn't know what it meant and um, obviously, it's so, so in their culture, they were so good and so skilled. And they'd kind of, I remember you, you'd, we'd run, it was like an old hat factory where they'd turn into a boxing gym and we, we'd run round. And I remember these lads trying to like kick me, like trying to trick me up, but like they're not laughing, but like it was all done playfully. So when you could do the sparring at the end, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go for these pair here. And I just couldn't get near them. They were brilliant. They were so, first time in sport, I'd felt massively out my depth and out of control. Like I can't do anything that I want to do in this environment. They're, t- they're just too good. It's such a disciplined sport
2: though, isn't it? Boxing. And, you know, you can, I've never done it myself, but from the outside looking in, I've got a huge admiration for, for anyone that gets involved in it. And the physical side, the mental side, the strategy, the skill, the balance, the speed, everything about it is, it, it's oh, it's amazing.
0: And and if you ever see like a boxer the, ne- the next day, like we see, Kind of the interviews in the ring afterwards but then if you ever see them being interviewed the next day that they're, they're just black and blue it's it's incredible what they do and then mma i can't even i can't even watch that and that's just too brutal for me i just find it it's yeah. again so skilled but I just, yeah it's just yeah. it turns my stomach it's just blood everywhere with, with the, the bodies box, on the line with, with the boxing did you ever
1: get to like no, you did sparring but did you ever get to competitive fights or or did you start? i never
0: i never had any bouts i never had any bouts i think that was one thing um, medically, I couldn't do like sight-wise You have to, because there's a medical. You have to have a card and stuff. And I don't know how I would have got on really, but I really enjoyed just being there. And because it was also dead scary. And that's kind of what I didn't have when I was doing the boxing. I kind of would learn the skills and I'd try and do the skills. But then you just get kids that just love fighting, and they'd just be better than me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just trying to. Well, you said if I if I turn my hand like that and I step back, I'm trying to do the the technique, and they're just like. Just hitting me like four times while I'm thinking while I'm thinking it. But yeah, it's, and the, the smell of a boxing gym is it's dead intimidating, but also so warm and welcoming when you can if you can get yourself. I remember being so nervous before every time I went. And um it was a big slidey door. It's like an old a converted faction, it's like a slidey door, and it was um it was like 50p. You have to pay you 50p. And like this the smell of the old gloves and it was it was really a lot. Like pictures on the wall and stuff. It's a, a really yeah, it's a great environment, but I used to be so nervous going every week. And when did the, when did comedy start coming
2: in? Then, so were you as a kid? Were you were you the funny one in your class? Did you make your mates laugh? Was it something you always wanted to do, or did it come in when you said you started? Was it 2014 um, doing stand up? Is that right?
0: Yeah, 2014. Yeah, I think um, I think I've gotten a lot of teams in my life in sport just by being to say he's good around the place. You know, people say this about having somebody on their team, he's good around the place mm. and I think I am, um, well, I, I was always good at the off the pitch stuff. I was kind of, people would want me in their team for the socials or, you know, in the on the mini-puts and stuff. I was never the loud one but I would kind of, yeah, it was always quite funny and stuff and I think that got me onto a, a lot of teams I probably shouldn't have ever been in if that makes sense. But it's so important that the morale is such a big part of sport and if you have
2: there's certain people who are well just sort of energy vampires and just to bring the whole team <laughs> down. If they're not in that, you know, if they're not in that right frame of mind that day, they can just have a negative impact on everyone. And then there's the complete opposite. There's people who endlessly positive, who can make you laugh, make you relax mm. when you're going into a stressful situation, and just they contribute
0: more. They get they end up a you know a net positive to the whole team. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're if you're playing football, you know, that's that's 90 minutes in the day. You've got 22 and a half hours to fill them. And if you've got somebody that's quite good you know, good around the place, right, enjoying it and it, it can really set you can really set the mood, you can really set a, a tone of a place. And I've never it's never something I've been dead conscious of until I've got a bit older and I've become one of the older players in our England team. If like, oh, these actually these young lads actually do go off me. If I can put on a bit of a a positive front and a positive spin on things, they just they're, they're at the age where they'll we'll look up to me a bit and we'll just follow my lead a little bit so you can really dictate it but if, I think if you had someone dead toxic in that position you could see how a whole dressing room would just be soured Yeah and even even in stressful situations when when things get there's usually a leader
2: even if it's not the captain it can be the captain but it, there could be two or three individuals like you're talking about yourself being a more senior member of the team and if it's in a stressful situation or a stressful match or, a, you know, something that happens, and they, they're they looking to you to see how you're reacting. And if you're staying calm and if you can deal with it, then they're obviously thinking, oh, well, you know, Josh is all right. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be okay too. But, yeah, I guess if you're reacting a different way, then that's going that to have a knock-on effect on them.
0: Yeah, totally. I suppose, it, I suppose the other thing it su- suggests, I mean, I don't always, but it suggests that, oh, you're not scared. You know, if you're playing, if you've got a big opponent coming up and, you wake up and you've got the best team in the world and they're having a laugh and a joke. Well, he obviously thinks he's today will be all right, so maybe it will be okay, you know. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, we've had lots of guests on, we've talked to about stand-up and about sport and about the the parallels and similarities, but I don't know, Matt, I don't think we've had anybody who's an international sports person as well as being uh, a renowned stand-up comic and, and comedy actor. So, I think you're probably in a unique position where you can talk about the pre nerves, the the feeling of performing, the, the standing up on stage, and, and what it's like to be a stand up comic, as well as being a, an international sports person.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's quite a unique position, really. But I've kind of got it in my head that I can retire from both at the same time, whereas that's not going to be possible. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. I kind of think I sat, sat in an armchair, forty two, <laughs> having you know, having achieved what I want to achieve in both. But actually, now I'm going to have to work for a lot, more, a lot more years in comedy. But it's um. Yes, it's great, man. It's it's so lucky. I used to find it really hard to do both on the same day. I used to find it really hard to play football in the daytime and then do a gig at night. I used to find that really, just the gear shift was just too much, from from going to be in a competitive mode to then go and be playful and relax. I used to find it a bit a bit of a shift. What do you feel most confident in? Um, stage, really weirdly. Yeah, I'd say comedy. Really, I kind of think. Just because you're in more in control of it, whereas sport, there's so many variables and things that you can't control. There's always an element of the unknown. Whereas comedy, you kind of know if I say this, if I say this the right way, it it's worked. There's a history of it working enough. If you're doing new material, it can be a bit different. But yeah, I'd say I get more nervous for for sport because it also, if I have a bad gig, it's only me. Although the audience had a bad time, I don't actually care about the audience in the nicest way. Do you know what I mean? If they've had a bad night, I'd yeah, it's so worse. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, people say that about comedy, you, you know. People say, like, um, like anything. I don't think anybody nobody wants to be a doctor to actually help people. I think they want to be a doctor because being a doctor's fun. They want to be a doctor. Oh, they, they say they do, don't they? You know, but it's, I
2: guess, I don't know, is there, is there part of, yeah, being part of a team as well does that add more pressure? Is it is it less pressure? You know, because you're you're on your own on stage. When you're part of a team in your sport, um, do, do you find additional pressure because if you if you make a if you mess it up, you're going to let down your teammates, or do you feel that collective kind of responsibility and and support from each other?
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Sometimes because with, with sport, you kind of well, I, I always think, oh, what what can I do? How can I how can I help? What can I do? And then sometimes one of your teammates will just do something that will just massively get you out of the shit. And you're like, ah, oh, that's great. And you forget that it comes back the other way. Yeah, no, I totally know that feeling. And it's you. And when you're having a mare, when
2: you're having a bad day and you feel like, oh, we're letting the teammates down, you remind yourself, actually, well, when someone else lets the team or isn't performing well, you don't feel bad for them. You, you feel bad for them, but you don't, you're not frustrated with them. You, you support each other and you help each other. And it balances out because
0: we all have good and bad days at different times. And I guess yeah, that's totally that's what being part of a team's about. And you can have a real bad two minutes. Everyone will have a bad two minutes in a game, whatever it is. And you that can happen in comedy. You can you can just lose them for some reason. Something can happen, or you can just lose them for a bit. And then you you can you kinda of gotta win on back a bit, which is that, that's a bit similar. Um but yeah, being being part of a team's great. But what I've learned is more recently I've I've kind of if, imagine like a video game of like social energy But my bar becomes depleted quite quickly if I'm in a group weirdly I kind of have to go and just be by myself for a bit So I, it takes a lot from me I think mm, that's fascinating do
2: you think in terms of your sport have you seen um, is there an increased support for, for the partially society football team has your sport raised profile at all in the last few years you know from, from being part of I've been part sport for about 20, 30 years and seeing the Paralympics as an example, when I first started 1996 Atlanta Olympics, I wasn't part of the team, but I was part of the squad. Sydney, it was starting to build slowly, but they'd still have empty stadiums and there would be, you know, a few hundred foot watching in a massive stadium. And it just seemed to me like London 2012 was this, this turning point where London showed what could be done and what, Paralympic sport was about, and and it used the the athletes as stars. It it, it made household names. The, the stadiums were absolutely rammed full, and it feels like ever since then the momentum has, has shifted and changed. And has that has that filtered through to 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 your team or to your experience? Is it is it growing? Is it getting better?
0: Yeah, d- definitely. This is definitely the best it's ever been in my experience. I mean, I, I can remember doing my coaching badges. I used to coach like a a, a kids team, which was great and I did that till I was like twenty four. I can remember doing my coaching badges and they'd, say, they'd kind of say in the room like who you play for. And I kind of said, you know, i play played for England Partial Society team and nobody had a clue what it meant, what it was to kind of, people still think you play with a, a bell in the ball, which is, a, that's blind football, that's a different thing. And our manager, Steve Daly, MBE, absolute legend, he, he always talks about leaving the game in a better place than you found it. And I, I'm not the best player, really. I'm never going to, I'm never going to move the sport forward on the pitch, but what I've got a bit of responsibility to do is to talk about it at every opportunity. If people ask me about it, I always tell them about it. But also with, with kind of disability sport, a lot of that is about your own identity. I, mean, I remember being at the airport years ago, going to tournaments, and you're in your England gear, and like um, you, know, an, you know, an attractive girl will come up and be like, oh, what team are you? And I used to lie, say I'm under-21s, England under-21s because I didn't want to say, you know, with the England partially sighted team. And now I just say straight away, m- probably because I'm, I'm in my thirties and I I'm not going to get away with being on the But uh, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of make a point now, but if we've got a young lad called Spinks, he's, you know, he's like 19, you've never met a 19 year old like it. And he will say, he would never do that. What I did. If somebody asks him, he's telling him, this is what it is. This is what I am. And it's, it's great to see actually. And I think, I think it's moved on in that way. That's that's a big thing I've noticed. Is these young players coming through? They're so they're so proud and they're so talented. Like, yeah, it's, it's wicked. And you've seen it with the women's game. People will get behind it because the product is good. The, the, the good the good players. You know, it's it's wicked. And and what challenges do you face? I mean, oh, it sounds obvious question to ask, but what challenges do you face on
2: the pitch? And does everybody have similar conditions? Are some able to see better than others? How is it? How does that all? work in terms yeah, of the so regulations.
0: Um, we have we have B twos and B threes. So the B twos have got uh, less sight than the B threes and you have to have two uh B twos on all the time. It's just like um it's like top trumps. It's like it's just another element to it. If you're watching it, it's like oh you've got this really good player but you can't sit on his left side. And it just it's just another it's quite an interesting thing to watch. But well so I was on t- so I've been on tour and obviously I've got a gym that I go to it's just like an old guy that runs it. And I know the, the treadmill. I can't see the treadmill, great. But I know if I can, if I press this button, it makes it go faster. This. And um, going to different gyms and trying to work out these things. And you know what it's like when you've got this energy to use, you want to train, and then something like that goes wrong. It's such you can't describe the frustration. You've got this this thing in your body. I remember when I was doing this session, It's called a four by four. So you basically you jog for four minutes, you run it about ninety percent for four minutes. And at my gym at home, I'll just do the button, I'll just press the button. Whereas in this hotel gym, the only way I could do that was to have two treadmills going simultaneously. <laughs> and I'd time on my watch for four minutes and I'd jump onto the other one. And uh, <laughs> it's a great idea. I was, it kind of done the job, but I was kind of so knackered. <laughs> and so, so, so somebody came in and they, they were going to knit this woman, she nearly stepped on the treadmill that was going at 90%. She would have just been wiped. She would have been absolutely cleaned out. She would have stepped oh on that. Oh, my God. There's some great, or not great, some terrible
2: um, videos of on the CCTV cameras and gyms of people having accidents on treadmills. They're so, they're lethal. If you get it wrong, it's like, <laughs> I absolutely, treacherous.
0: Well, I've seen one where the guy's running the treadmill just falls to bits like the front the front section goes up it's amazing
1: the first time I ever joined a gym I um go on the treadmill I get talked through how the thing's going and I'm doing it but I fail to stop it and totally fly off the back of the treadmill collapse on the ground my glasses on my face and I'm too embarrassed so I walk out and I go for a swim and I can't see without my glasses I can't really see at all so I take my glasses off change in the in the in the in the changing rooms and go for a swim and i'm doing about three lengths in and I, i'm sort of slightly aware that something's wrong here and then there's this i can see there's these feet waiting at the end of the pool and this guy <laughs> just taps me on the shoulder and goes uh, sir you do know it's a ladies only swim <laughs> 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 my first, I mean, my, my oh, first no. experience i had a double whammy so
0: i couldn't have gone any worse Matt. No. <laughs> <got> <laughs> And, and it's, I, um, it's, it's not clubbing optional, man. Either. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend, he, he went to the gym the other day. He's so funny, he's not a gym person at all. And he's um, he he come in. He's seen him the next day, he's like, oh, my stomach's killing me. I was like, it's like, oh, what are you doing? So I went on that ab crunch, you know, where you it's like a weighted ab cruncher. I was like, oh, he said, my ab, so how many reps did you do? He's like, what do you mean reps? So like, well, how many? So like, I just did twenty five minutes. So you did twenty five minutes on an ab cruncher. Abs are steel. There's a grown wow. man
2: rocking backwards and forwards for twenty five minutes. Demented. So yeah, it can be lethal. Like treadmills are super sketchy. Like you've got to be so careful. And like you know, even like kids seem to be drawn to them. Like it's this they can sense things that are totally inappropriate and totally dangerous. So when my kids are anywhere near a treadmill, i have got to try and distract them with something else entirely because they want to get on and want to have a shot and want to run and yeah <laughs> what does this button do don't
0: touch it <laughs> that big red button <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: selling a little or a lot
0: Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.
1: I wanted to ask about the football. How you got, did you, did you find out that
0: about the international partially sighted football? How, how's that come about? So, cause, cause... So, so I met a guy, I met the captain. Coincidentally, he, he lives in Birmingham and um i played i played football with him i played like um it would have been seven a side football with him and uh he said oh there's a there's an england team and i had no idea and then i kind of i went for like uh i got invited to like a camp I, I missed out on two two championships the first championship i didn't get selected for then the second championship i didn't get selected for and the the third one i can remember being on a big run that the manager at the time he used to phone you and say you know you've, if you've been selected or not and i've been on, on a big this big one i used to do and i got back and I had a missed call and it was him and it was saying i wasn't in the, the team i was like oh that's just three times now but he said keep keep fit just said just stay fit and then I, I did stay fit and then somebody got injured and i came in off standby and so i saw i was at the tournament then and then somebody else got injured and before i knew it, i was i was in i i, I, I was playing and uh, I just did. I did really well. I kept myself kind of fit and and ready. And just through other people's bad luck, I kind of got in there. Like I've been in ever since then. And I'm just at the stage now where I've got to kind of fight for my place again. So I've got. I'm getting a bit old. I'm one of the older players. And this younger group is so good. And I can either just let them get me out, or I can kind of. I've kind of got to prove myself again, which is quite an interesting position to be in. And we've got a World Cup coming up in August in Birmingham which is like, you know, it's, it couldn't be more of a home World Cup for me. So, yeah, I've kind of, um, this will be my big, but I'm, I'm just going to play for as long as I can. I love it. As long as I can do it, I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it.
1: It's 59 caps. I mean, that sounds like a lot of caps. Where's that rank in the all-time? That must be pretty
0: high for England, though. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm on, there's a wall at St George's Park, which is like um, some of England's most capped players. So there's, there's everybody who's on 50, then there's a section on 100, and then there's a few players I think there's two from the power programmes plus Jill Scott, who's on 150. So um, I don't think I'll get to 150, but I might get to 100 if, if I don't get injured, basically. Yeah. At this point, it's about, you know, it won't happen if I miss a tournament or if I miss stuff. So, yeah.
2: With all that experience, do you think one day you'd be interested in coaching? Would that be something you would you could find yourself in, do you think?
0: Yeah, so I used to coach. I used to coach a kids team and I absolutely loved it. But my, and I've got a little boy now who's like, he loves football. I've not showing him anything. He's only like 18 months, but yeah, he's obsessed with football. But he thinks everything's a football. Anything that's spherical, he'll <laughs> just swing a leg at. If it's like <laughs> if it's a concrete bollard, if it's someone's <laughs> hanging basket, he'll just swing a leg at it. Um, so maybe it might help out his team. Um, but yeah, I do like what I like the idea of? You see it a lot at St George's Park, and I'm sure these people are working very hard. But I love the idea of just walking around with a coffee and a tracksuit that's what that's what I love the idea of you know these people are kind of a, are involved in you don't know what their job is the, the, the funders or there's something but they're just yeah. having a coffee it's always yeah. having a coffee and a nice
2: you yeah. <laughs> can have a bit of that <laughs> any job you can do that you look like one of the extras from Sopranos sitting having an espresso and a cafe in your tracksuit
0: there's something about that, isn't they are you um, a sports person that wears tracksuits all the time Chris because there's some athletes like oh aren't they they just live in tracksuits yeah and, and the medals
2: medals on every day as well yeah no I don't I don't really I kind of I do I'm quite casually dressed most of the time but um do you know what it sounds silly but it's I used to get free stuff I used to get tracksuits you know from sponsors and things and you had loads of kit and I'm such a tight one you know I kind of most yeah. of my tracksuits I need to replace so I need to that's a good point I need to get a tracksuit that I can um lounge around the house and tend to wear shorts in the house unless, unless it's absolutely
1: middle of winter but um, we need the suit sponsor for this programme yeah awesome. that's
2: it yeah Sporting misadventure <laughs> sponsored by Kappa that's it that could
0: be us <laughs> there's, interesting, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a cultural shift really in kind of power of football so like I'd say maybe five years ago because we didn't get we didn't have lots of funding people would a lot of people would take the kit home with them like you'd, you'd see, you'd go on their Instagram and they're, them and the mates are all playing side in England gear. Like, well, what, where have you had all this stuff from? <laughs> um, but then there's a bit of a shift when we got a bit more funding and a bit more backing. It was like, well, it's, it looks better on us if we hand every bit of kit back in. And it's it looks better, it says more about your intention to be here for a long time that you've yeah. like given the, the kit back in. And culturally, that was a massive, it might sound like a small thing, but it's kind of you're no longer out for what you can get from the, the programme. Yeah. You're actually investing in it and you're giving that kit back in for another squad to wear when they come through the door. That totally makes sense. We in the early
2: days before lottery funding, we had a similar thing where you had Great Britain cycling team tracksuits and you had to sign them out for a, a race weekend or world championships or whatever. So even for world championships, you didn't have um your own team kit, you just had to borrow it and, and they were pretty old and pretty grubby. But the feeling of signing out one of these tracksuit tops that could have been worn by one of your heroes, you know, from previous championships and games. And it was, yeah, it was a wonderful thing. And it's, yeah, of course, now they've all got, you know, you, when you get the squad, even at a junior level, you get all the kit and you get the bikes and you get everything given to you. But there was something about that. that was sort of almost, yeah, it was like a, knowing that it had a bit of history and it had a bit of a bit of heritage. Yeah. Some grubby old tracksuit top wasn't grubby to you, but something really special.
0: Yeah, we had a lad come once, and he, I think he only came to one training camp, and he was, I think he took everything, I think he took everything <laughs> with him, he took it home with him, and I remember asking the kit man if he does any, um, if he's got any of them three quarters, England three quarters for his brother-in-law, he yeah. said his brother-in-law wants, <laughs> when have you ever seen an England player in three quarters, I think he wanted him for a stag do or something, but yeah, it's, um, <laughs> So for Sydney Olympics,
2: they were they were looking in. I don't know if you remember um, when Cathy Freeman ran the 400 meters for Australia, and she had that With full the, suit. Whoops, yeah, yeah, full hood and the full length and arms and legs. And it was a big thing back then. The full arms and full legs. And Adidas had a kind of one-armed one that Denise Lewis, when she was still in the javelin, had like one arm was um, like a sleeveless one, was a full length. And it was they were going through a phase. I think the, the designers were going through this phase of what what you know going into the full leg and full arm. And Adidas were the, the GB sponsor, and they had this new suit, which was based on the swimming suit. I don't know if you remember when they had those long, the full-leg swimming ones as well, mm. which which broke all the world records. So they had this prototype suit, which wasn't, it was banned, actually weren't allowed to race in full legs, but we had the full arm, and this the normal length was short. But it was a revolutionary skin suit, really fast and really aero. And I had this, this full-length, uh, full leg and full-arm one in plain grey, and it was one of one it was designed for me um, never got to race in it but I kept it in my in my flat in Edinburgh um, and it was quite a special thing to have because it was you know this unique thing anyway my my flatmate Mike um, was going off to some stag do somewhere and I was away <laughs> training a race down in Manchester and he came into my room and he's like looking through the stuff thinking right I can't do that that's got great men on it I can't do that it's got Scotland you know what's this old thing oh it's just a plain grey yeah perfect that'll do that'll look ridiculous so he took it for his mate Stag Dude, and he got absolutely wrecked. That like, they threw it in the bin because it was just unretrievable. And he's he got, oh, sorry, but yeah, I borrowed one of your old skin suits. And I was like, all oh, right, which which one did you borrow? <laughs> I was like, literally oh, wow. any one of them apart from oh. that you, unique one-off, um, you know, special. Wow. So yeah, I should have put it somewhere safe, but never mind. Never mind.
0: <laughs> I do um... forgive him.
2: Oh yeah, Mike's a good lad. I let him off. <laughs>
0: But the, um, that, <laughs> in, in, so we, um, so when it was the World Cup, was it last year? World So um, uh, yes. I went to the, pub, went to went to the pub to watch it, and I wanted to put an England shirt on. But the only thing England shirt I had was one of my playing shirts. So I put that on, and it for whatever it didn't click to me. Like obviously the shirts that everybody else was wearing were, were replica shirts, whereas the one I was wearing was absolutely skin tight. Playing shirt, like you could see nipples and everything, like that absolutely <laughs> ridiculous in it.
2: What, what this old thing? Oh, yeah, me. Oh, oh, I can't, they still bothering me. Oh, yeah, you know, yes, I'm a player, yes, I'm part of the team. What of it? <laughs> I used to do that at university. I used to be in the sort of mid 1990s, I was at Edinburgh Uni, and I just got like I just got all the kit, you know, where you got your one bag and it had Great Britain Cycling Team on it, and I used to. I used to wear it and had the Commonwealth Games kit from 1990. I'd wear it all. I like, talk about wearing tracksuits. I used to wear tracksuits every day to uni, just because you were desperate for people to know that you, you know, I'm, I'm part of the cycling team. And it was it was yeah. such a try-hard sort of desperado thing to do. But, but yeah, it was it was just like I was so so proud to have made it because yeah. to me at that point representing your country was such a pipe dream, and I never really thought it would happen. And it and it it did, and I was just you know the opposite you're kind of hiding now it, you go going a flight to or in the old days you'd be flying out to majorca to do your training camp and you can we just travel in plane kit no nope, you better wear your team kit like, okay mm-hmm. so everybody's got their team kit you attract all this attention all the stag dudes want to come and you know chat to you when you're trying yeah. to have a better piece of quiet. so yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of it's very different these days
0: i don't know about you but i think it takes it takes a, a, a minute to kind of get over that having the kit and representing your country but then actually you've got to go and beat the other countries. You're so happy to it, it kind of dawns on you, oh this isn't I've got to beat the other teams now. It's a bit <laughs> yeah. of a, it sounds so obvious to say, but you're so happy to get the gear and to mm. to be involved. But actually it's that's that's not enough really. It's 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 great to have, but it, it yeah. does not mean anything if you don't Yeah. Having.
2: Exactly. My first games, my first Commonwealth games in 98 in Kuala Lumpur for Scotland, it was it was all about getting on the plane, it was all about getting the kit going to the games because we didn't have a hope in hell of winning medals at that stage. And it was just like, well, just delighted to make the team that was, that was the target. And then within that four year period, once lottery funding started, I'd left uni, it started getting, you know, was training full time by that point, coming two years, four years later in 2002 to Manchester coming games, the difference, not just in me, but in everybody, everyone's different attitude. We're going there to try and win medals. We're there to, to perform, not just to be part of the team. Um, and it's, I think, once you have that opportunity, once you have the the belief that you aren't just making up the numbers, that you are there to try and genuinely fight for medals, it's it's a completely different mindset.
0: We had um, we had another thing as well where like the, like the Ukrainians would just turn up. Like we we kind of, you know, what, you know, Britain's like in England, we're you know a wealthy nation who we can throw resources at sports, but then we, we'd kind of turn up. And like you'd have kind of these people from Eastern Europe, these teams just kind of rocking up with their, their their shin pads in a in a carrier bag, and that gives them something. They're just kind of they're just they're so like they're just tougher. They were just tougher, and they were winners, and they're a bit grittier. And we were kind of pampered and putting putting our salts in our little drinks bottles, and they were just turning up and and just doing it, just doing just doing mm. a number on us. And it's kind of getting the balance now between the two of those things. It's kind of you want the sports science, but also it's gotta be in you already. And that's what these that's what these countries had that we didn't really have for a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. So what what's your in terms of highlight of your your sporting career so far, what's your
2: what's the, 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 the moment if you could just pick out that, that kind of showreel of the stuff you'd look back on and think that that was the, the best, that was the pinnacle so far. What would that be?
0: So it was either getting picked up from my, my first tournament. After having the, the the setbacks of not being included for the first two, and then I I got um I'm my England track suit and I got picked up from my nanny and granddad's house in like, um, to take, get and which takes getting taken to the airport and they kind of they waved me off and stuff and I was on the front lawn and I would have been like 21 or something and I was like oh this is this is amazing this is an amazing feeling and then on Saturday we played France at home we don't you don't always get to have a home fixture where people can come and watch you and stuff. And um had my wife and my, and little, my little boy, boy there. there. And my my John, who the, the player I first met who got me involved and stuff, he had his little girl there with him the kind of similar age. And uh yeah, that that was that was a real highlight. I I, sc- I scored as well. I don't score many. And I, I scored and I was like, oh, this is yeah, this is a real special moment actually. i I've always
2: I saw it on your Instagram. It was that was a great little post, and seeing you you know, with your little one there too. I, I can't imagine what it must be like because my kids are five and eight, and I retired ten years ago, so they never uh, they never saw yeah. me compete. And it's kind of you know at the time it was. I just felt I wasn't. It was just was starting a family when it was when I was still competing. I just thought I can't. I won't be able to. I'll be traveling so much. I won't be able to give it what I want. And and so you know it is what it is. But I look at people who like yourself who. Can have their child or children there, their whole family there to support them, and think that would be that would be pretty special. At like the times where guys at the villadrome would win, and they would bring their little toddler and stick them on the handlebars and ride around for a victory lap, you know, into oh, the crowd, yeah. the, and that yeah. you just think,
0: oh, what a, what a moment! Um, yeah, you can't you can't just do that with a random kid out the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> you can try, but you get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's a kind of um, that that was, but actually it also does you a massive favour for for, those, for them to get that mo- those moments as well. It really helps kind of sweeten the deal when I've got to go off training. after. So, I mean, I've been in Australia for three weeks, performing, doing gigs. Then I think I was home for two nights, obviously massively jet lagged, not doing loads of parenting and then going straight away with England. You, you can't do that unless you've got a very supportive partner and stuff. Yeah. So for, for them to get days like that as well, really it does us a massive favor actually that w- when they can come to stuff like that.
2: Yeah. The special stuff and the things that, and even from school, I guess there's times where they have to take time off to come and see you or miss an afternoon or whatever. Then at least the teachers are, are knowing that, well, you know, they're getting some, something unique, a proper life experience here that they're, they're going to benefit from.
0: There was yeah, a, I remember totally. there was a, there was a
2: Russian rider, um, one of the insurance riders and she used to be like really successful. She used to win medals at every world cup and every Europeans and whatever. And she had this little girl who she would bring onto the podium. So whenever she was on the podium, her little girl would come and stand with her during the national anthem. And it's lovely, this little, or it started there was a little kind of toddler in her arms and then it was a little girl who would stand next to her. But it just started to get a bit awkward because she, she was like about 12 and she was still coming up this random, like she's about five foot eight, this, you know, this child that was probably bigger than her mum. By that point, you're like, okay, I think, I think she's probably across the point now where you can just survive bringing her up. But uh, yeah, it was it was one of these things we used to laugh about. But at what point do they get too old and it's not no longer cute? It's just right. Okay, oh, they're not.
0: Yeah, on. they're not going to be bothered. <laughs> also, there'll be a point where they're not bothered as well. Yeah, to, exactly. It, and then they'll probably be embarrassed by it at some point. as yeah. well. that's another oh, thing. No. <laughs> he's um he can, he's never obviously he's only eighteen months. He's never seen me do stand up, obviously. But he's been like he's been backstage at a gig I did. But I don't know what he'll make to that. Who he might be. Is it cool like, if your dad does it or not? I, I don't, I, I genuinely don't know. It might, it'll probably be everything. Probably cool and then annoying. Cool yeah. spectrum. It's, yeah. uh, it's
2: weird. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, like, I, I don't know how you explain to your kids. What you, unless you do a sort of job where you leave in the morning and you come back at a certain time and you say, I'm working in this factory or this office or I'm a doctor or, uh, you know, a, a, a thing you can explain. But I don't know, jobs yeah. nowadays seem to get more and more complicated to explain to kids. And uh, you know, I remember I was doing a a talk, a Q and A at I think it was a car fest last summer. Maybe it was two years ago. And my kids, because it was near us, and and they came down and they sort of sat there. And there was a big audience of people. Because a different guests on you know one after the other, so big audience. And and they were sat on the sidelines watching. And at the end of it, they were just very bemused. Like why? Why did they want to talk to you? Like why were the, why were those people sitting listening to you talking? Like is it like it's just like. Oh, you know, you're, you're just dad. You're just boring. You know, why would they want to come and listen to you? And it's and it's hard to explain to them what what you do on a day. You know, working. What? No, you know, you're not. You're sitting in front of the computer. You're on your and yeah. you're trying to get them not to sit on the iPad or not to, to stare at a screen. You want them to get and do things, and they see you doing that, and
0: you think, well, what what kind of example am I setting? Oh, massively. I, and, and and the other the the older generations as well as the same. They don't understand this. My um my father-in-law walked in the house once when I was doing a podcast. And I, I felt so dirty. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't explain the shame of am wondering, walking away <laughs> doing something dirty. I thought like, what he's not how do I even explain this?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not like when you're a son in law and you can do practical things like putting up shelves or you know, fixing cards and things. It's like sitting yeah. talking to a microphone in your in the back
1: bedroom. Yeah, it's, it's
0: yeah, it's not an um, um, impressive, is it? Not at all. Not what at about all. you've had you that you
1: take about your rugby sort of calamity, the tackling a person with an egg shirt on? Have you had any football misadventures and calamities or has that mostly gone smoothly? Um,
0: I'm sure I'm sure there has been. I, I kind of... Um, because I was the kid at school that couldn't see well, but would have a go at anything. I remember once... Everybody was kind of rooting for me a little bit, which is quite nice. I mean, virgin on patronizing, but also the, the amount of PE teachers that have tried to accommodate me over the years. Like, there's some things... I just can't, like, tennis, I can't, I can't play tennis. Just let me sit it out. Stop trying to, stop trying to include me. Like, there's coming, you know, I think people think they've got to make everything inclusive. But I'm like, actually, I think I'll just sit this one out. I don't, I don't need to <laughs> play tennis. And um, we did, um, you ever played round the world in badminton? So yeah, you hit, so half the class lines up on one side of the court. The other half of the class lines up on the other side. You hit it, you see, you play your shot, you run around to the other, the back of the other queue. And if it goes out on your point, then you're out, basically. And I don't know what was happening, but it just kept falling to me, where all I had to do, the person was hitting the shot before me was going out or hitting the net. So all I had to do was just kind of serve the serve the shuttlecock back in. And it got, so I, was, I was, ended up getting to the last two in the whole year, just pure chance. <laughs> and then, like, at the end, everybody was rooting for me at the end, but obviously I just kind of, I think I was against, um, a girl called Danielle at the end. She made it for me as well, and I just served up to her, and she just smashed it. I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, she's, she, yeah, <laughs> no, no happy ending, no fairy tale, no fairy no, tale ending from Danielle, no
2: mercy, Danielle."
0: Yeah, and um, there's just some things I would never like. Um, we tried to play. We, we for some reason, my school became obsessed with softball. Is it like like base like baseball? Obviously, we're a school we're in the middle of England. We haven't got mitts. We haven't got. We've got like one bat. Like, what? Why did? Was we it just, one teacher that, that kind of pushed it? How did that come about? I, yeah, I think I think some teacher had been to Florida on the holidays or something and got <laughs> the bug. And we need to we need to take this back to the Midlands. And uh, I just could not hit the ball. I was like, I'd stop putting me into the bat. I can't do it. And this teacher wanted me to hit um, hit off a tee. She's like, Oh well, you can't see it being pitched at you, so just hit it off this tee. I was at the age, you know, like 15, 16, anything like you just don't want to be different in any way, you do you at that age? Yeah. I was like, I'd rather not. And she's like, just do it. <laughs> anyway, but that sounds easy, but it's still like a visual, it's still not an easy thing. And I remember I hit this tee, and I just it's a plastic tea. I just absolutely <laughs> shattered this tea. Like, I'm so sorry. i really but it looked like <laughs> I'd done it on purpose because I didn't want to do it. I was like, I'm so sorry. But yeah, that was a that was a mad period. I think it's literally that I think if the teacher had literally been to America on holiday and just went oh, try trying to yeah. do this. Come back with a big cowboy hat on a Ron John's T-shirt.
2: <laughs> Got a passion for for softball. Yeah. yeah, embrace the culture. Yeah. If you could do any sport, if you could if you could choose from any sport you've seen, you've watched, um, regardless of your own ability or or whatever, what would you like to do? And what would you love? You know, you can literally pick anything at all, what would be your uh, it's, dream, dream It's sport. so
0: hard. I, I don't know if you were like this as a kid, but it'd be whatever was on TV at the time. I'd watch Wimbledon and that I'd love to win, you know, the final at Wimbledon, climb into the crowd. And I watched um, like Ronnie O'Sullivan or Cleo do a 147 and just slide the cue on the table. Like, oh, I want that. <laughs> um, it'd probably be, weirdly, probably some kind of, Everybody wants the, the rocky moment, don't they? I think I'd love to come back against the odds, away from home, maybe in Mexico, in the you know again against all odds, and uh, yeah, win a win a world title from a the local favourite against the odds, I think. And then and inevitably down. lose. And lose the rematch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> As you let the success go to your head, and you've got a bit flabby, and you haven't yeah. trained hard
1: enough, and yeah, you're at home in your massive mansion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just Rocky all over again. You ever yeah. thought of a sport you'd um, invent, however ludicrous? Have you ever pondered
0: that one? Um, not really. We used to play. Used to play a lot of Kirby as a kid. Mm-hmm. And actually, I would always be the one would. I'd, I'd kind of. Maybe I'll be like i s I'd take the Seb Co route. I don't know. I used to organise. I used to live on this States, and I'd organise like a Strongest Kid event. So I'd, I'd, it, it'd come off the back of watching the World's Strongest Man. <laughs> <laughs> and so on the estate I, I i invented this like this strong you know, like a strong man competition <laughs> so what i'd do is there was various events one was just moving bricks in my mom's garden as fast as you can from one side of the garden to the other <laughs> another one was so i had a, a, a bed that was two bunk beds that were separated and you would you could get underneath it and bench bench press it and you'd so that'd be your starting weight and then you, you'd add a, add a kid and the more kids <laughs> ran into the bed, the harder it was to lift. And I, I was kind of quite into the athletics at the time. And I, I kind of, I remember passing on the first few weights arrogantly, like I'm not gonna, I'm saving <laughs> myself. I'm not, I'm not gonna come in yet. I'm not gonna come in yet. Save your yeah. energy. Yeah, I, I think I was just going for one big lift at the end. I don't think I got it, that ended up with nothing, but. And, um, we used to basically had like a little football league as well, so all the kids on the estate, would make like, um, take like a polo shirt, like a school polo shirt. And in marker, you'd design your kit, put your name on the back, and that'd be your little team. And I'd keep a, I'd keep a list of all the scores and stuff. Really lean, leading to the secretarial elements of sports, very early doors. Passion um, I I for administration.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I think my mum washed the shirts, and I was devastated. I had to redesign. I like, I can't bring out a new kit in the midway through the season.
2: Did you ever get, um, I, I don't know if you rode your bike much with your kid with your mates around uh, where you live, but we always used to find jump as many kids as we have. you would set up a ramp with like a plank of wood and some bricks and you would line up the kids lying there and they, they would never really think, well, it, it actually being right next to the ramp is the safest place. You know, it's the last couple that would be the sketchy ones to be.
0: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they didn't
2: really think it through. But um, yeah, there was a number of times where you just didn't quite
0: make the full, <laughs> full jump. So dangerous. the things oh you do are just, just it, just and I remember c- one game was just me and my sister would just be, how many stairs can we jump down? That was <laughs> that was the game, <laughs> without ending uh, up at A and E. Yeah.
2: yeah, oh, you gotta love it as a kid. Finding you know, that's the thing. There's, there's just so much. But the risk of sounding like an old git here, you know, there's so many things for vying for kids' attention. There's there's a lot to be said for being bored and trying to invent your own games and doing things that are just going
0: yeah. play with a stick in the garden. You know, not, there's nothing to do. Just go and think of oh, something. I remember, being at my grandma's, and a bit of bless the shoes up I had one set of grandparents that are quite young and active and kind of modern, they have like Sky and PlayStation and stuff, and then my other, on my dad's side, they were much older. And it was so, you know, lovely, lovely people. But I remember being there, the feeling of boredom I'd have at this woman's house that loved me so much. I remember being so bored. I remember one I just started just, just tell me and my sister would just lie to her, just start telling lies. <laughs> and just it's just, just ridiculous. But um I think kids still mess about actually. I, I kind of I, I live near a school and boys and girls are so different. There's like um, maybe at 13, there's these girls kind of like talking and chatting and giggling and dead sensible, just on the phones, chatting. We walk around the corner and then just some lads. There's like a really steep driveway. They're just lying on the side it just rolling down someone's driveway. It really tickled me. <laughs> I thought, these are so silly. <laughs> We're into our lecture.
1: We'll, we'll let you go in a sec, but what are you on at the moment? Are you you got some gigs coming up as well as the football
0: stuff? Yeah, so I'm, get, I'm in the process now of getting, um, so I finished my tour in March and I recorded that. So I'm in the process now of um, getting a new show together. So that's, that's that's quite an experience. Trying to get a new show together, testing the material out, and getting it ready for um, Edinburgh, and then a tour next year. But I love it. It's like um, it's like a cycle. You finish your Olympic cycle, and you're back to <laughs> you're back to having nothing again. But I, I really, I find this quite exciting. This this time, I really enjoy going out and testing stuff. It can be. You we're know, with varying success. But yeah, that's the stage I'm at at the minute in my, in my year. So it's, it's do they have a, a name to it or a working title or anything like that? Or... So it's just a work in progress at the minute, but it's, a, I think it's going to be called um, Existing La Vida Loca. Mm-hmm. It's all about trying <laughs> to enjoy myself. And in terms of football, what have you got coming up? Any matches coming up or tournaments or anything? Yeah, so we've got our World Cup in August. So in, weirdly, I'm, I'm at Edinburgh for the first part of August doing a, my work in progress. So I, I do, I'll just train and do my show. And then from the 13th, I'll meet up with England. And I think the final's on the, the 23rd, if we get it that far. Wow. So it'll be a, yeah, a big big year for for the football, really. Awesome. Well, listen, best of luck with that and, and with the,
2: the writing the new show. And thanks so much for coming on. It's been brilliant to chat to you and uh, keep up the great work on Instagram as well. Keep, yeah, keep my pleasure, man. making us uh, making us laugh and um yeah thank
1: it's you so much. i kept on thinking you'd break into because you're sort of in front of <laughs> like you are on your instagram post so the first five or ten minutes was a bit uh it's a bit uneasy for me because i thought you were doing a gag for us but uh <laughs> <a>
0: bit... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, that, that's all these videos are they just they're just me on my phone <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just in my mind. head i don't i can't do, i'm saying to chris i can't do green screen i can't do anything like that it's literally just got to be me and it, I've, I've only just gone to an iphone 12 i think i was on an iphone 9 all these videos that have got me views and ticket sales and all this. It was just on my, um, just on a broken iPhone. So I'm, I'm a, I've am i got an iPhone 12 now, so maybe I'll go to the next level uh, again, hopefully. Well, they're brilliant. Now. Thanks for them. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, my pleasure. Keep up the great work. And yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Josh. Nice. Uh,
2: yeah. All the best in the in the World Cup.
0: Yeah, Wiki. well. Enjoy Greece and enjoy Paris. And I'll, I'll see you both soon. Take it easy, thanks, bye Thank Thanks, you. Josh. Take care, mate. Bye. bye. See you, mate.